0: Season 1, Episode 32, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Titus 3 5. Titus 3 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. Titus 3 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I've always kind of wanted to just say the first part of that, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. I would like to stop there because the next part, um, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, I'm used to the Bible, you know, being short and sweet. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and now shall be saved. The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Um, but I think both of those have to do with the second birth, the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Um, if you ever look at a, a springtime leaf... It, I live in a tropics, so we we don't really have a fall in, in springtime. Uh, leaves are falling at the same time new leaves are coming back on. Uh, an avocado tree is never bare, for example, of of leaves. The leaves do fall off. They, every year they get new set, and those little babies that sprout in springtime up north, you can see it, you know, golly, it's been no leaves for six months or something, depending on how far, far north you are. And then when spring comes and those little green buds start showing, and if you take a look at one of those leaves that is sprouting out in springtime, or I'll take a look at my avocado tree with the leaves falling, all damaged and faded and blackened. Um, the, The new ones come out and they are just shiny and new. The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to jump to, uh, I'm going to come back to uh, Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, which uh, is Titus being encouraged to encourage the Cretans who are in uh, chapter 1, verse 12, evil beasts and slow bellies. So Titus got a real interesting uh, group of people to work with on the island of Crete. But, um, but. The same standard goes for us as goes for them. Uh, put them in mind, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, uh, just four verses in front of Titus 3, 5. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, and be ready to every good work. So I spend a lot of time saying, repent of your dead works. You'll never work your way to heaven, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration, renewing the Holy Ghost. Um, the wages of sin is death. It's not good works. Ephesians 2.8.9, For by grace ye are saved through faith, not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And here's pa- Paul encouraging Titus on the island of Crete, put the Cretans, who their own people call evil beasts and slow bellies, uh, put them in mind to be subject to governors, principalities, kings, powers, magistrates, mayors, uh, to be ready to every good work. So we're not saved by good works, but we're going to be judged by the works we do. Christ was judged for our sin in the first judgment. There's five judgments, five eternal judgments. And in Hebrews 6, 1, they're called fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ eternal judgments. So, and there's five of them. There's Christ on the cross. There's, the next two are are yet to happen. Christ on the cross was 2,000 years ago. The next two were waiting for the rapture. Could be tonight. I'm not setting a date. I'm just getting ready. I told you that these, I I was inspired to do these podcasts because I think the rapture is close and and I want to leave something behind for the 144,000. But if it's not for 100 years from now, you know, I just wrote, I just paid a bill and I put a track in there and I wrote uh, Pete's, I wrote Ralph Kingman podcast because that's enough. If you search that, you'll find this and people are finding it around the world, as neat as that sounds. But uh, Russia, Singapore, where else? Uh, Sweden, some other place. I can't remember. I think there's four of them so far. But anyway... Um, four times more in Russia than the others, and, and many times more in the United States than others. And I, I listen to them after I create them, so I'm at least one listening uh, of it. I listened to yesterday's one time, and, and I'm happy to say I didn't find anything that I have to go over, so I have my full time here to uh, work on Titus three five. But uh, I want to go to John chapter 3, from Titus 3 to John 3, and talk about Nicodemus for a minute. Um, Nicodemus, uh, there was a Pharisee, John 3, 1, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So this new birth, this second birth, born again, uh, is... is by the Holy Spirit, born of the Spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. One of the nice things about the King James Version translation is when they add a word, they put it in italics, if it's not in the original Greek. And there's another thing that they do when it's talking in context about the Holy Spirit. They capitalize spirit. Uh, they always capitalize Jesus' name. Well, they capitalize all names, that's not that surprising. But the Son of Man, it's talking about the Messiah, is capitalized. And usually it is both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, common name for the Messiah, the Son of Man. Um, the Lord in all caps is is Jehovah, not Elohim or Adonai, but um which are more like Senor. I, I didn't make that point a few podcasts ago. Senor, the first time I heard people talking about the Lord as Senor, they're talking about Elo, they're talking about Jehovah, but one of his names is but that's the same way in the Greek. Uh, Elohim can be deity, or it can just be you know landlord, uh, Adonai the same way. It can be deity or it could be just a, a, a person, uh, a lowercase Lord, a lowercase God. And uh, anyway, um, so we're talking about the new birth and the washing and regeneration of the Holy Ghost. That occurs, if you go back to Titus 3 5 for just a second, I'll read it to you. Maybe you ought to keep your finger there. In Titus 3 and, and John 3, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The renewing and the regeneration is the new birth of the Holy Spirit. Verse seven in, in John three, Jesus still talking to Nicodemus. verse six, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's the first birth. If you're listening to this, you are born of the flesh. And my sound waves are uh, uh, turning into electrical waves, going into this uh, computer, and going through the internet. And turned back into sound waves, entering your ears, and being turned into sound. Um, does a does a tree that falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, that's a physics question. And I happen to have a little transistor radio here, and I thought I would demonstrate it, the answer to that question for you. But, um, you know, some people think that's a foolish question. I always thought which came first, the chicken or the egg, was a foolish question until I heard about evolution and you know the controversy in Genesis chapter 1 and of course he, he the 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 chicken came first the egg came later a lot of eggs dinosaur had eggs uh, reptiles have eggs um, but I'm surrounded by sound waves right now and if I was deaf by the way it wouldn't be I wouldn't be hearing any of these sound waves because they're vibrations in the air but there is also um, radio waves in the electromagnetic spectrum, and they're around us right now. Unless there's a radio turned on, nobody can hear it. So I will turn mine on and I will look for a station. Okay? It only makes noise if there is a receiver to receive it. So it's not a stupid question. But anyway, I liked physics. I taught it for many years and so um, I enjoy physics. Um, Marvel not that I said unto you, verse 7, that you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, now hear the sound thereof, but can't tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit, born of the Holy Ghost. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou the teacher of Israel? Uh, Some argue that, uh, Schofield argues that that indefinite article should be the definite article, the. Art thou the master of Israel, the teacher of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, we testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I told you of earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, capitalized, uh, which is in heaven. And and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I hope I did a podcast on that. I, I Romans. I mean, uh, Numbers nine, no, Numbers twenty-one, four through nine. Anyway, great story. Uh, Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. I have eternal life and I will not perish. And you should not perish. You should trust Christ as your Savior and you will have eternal life. And there'll be no question about it. The only question is, are you going to believe? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Where's all this stuff? Talk about good works here. Um... For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Again, some will and some won't. Some will believe and some won't. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. I knew my deeds were evil, but I didn't particularly love them. I just figured I could never get to heaven. And when I heard that it was a free gift, when I heard Ephesians 2:8:9, which we talked about yesterday on episode 31, I, I believed that it was a a gift. And I said, are you telling me it's a free gift with no strings attached? And he said the only thing that could have could have led me to Christ was praise the Lord, you understand it. And I was I was on board. And now it just made perfect, John three sixteen made perfect sense for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Part of the gift is the gift that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life, have eternal life. I'm going to heaven when I die. And when I walked out of there, I don't think it came together until that girl looked up at me with tears coming down her cheeks. She said, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. Because those Bible studies, those youth groups, I never planned on coming back. In fact, they called me up and said, hey, we're going to camp. I'm going. I'm not going to camp. I've been to church camp. I'm not going to another church camp. Complete waste of my time. But um, I was not. You know, I, you don't grow up as a believer overnight. But I, uh, I, I remember when it when it when it changed for me. They they invited me to go to a concert. Well, the last concert I'd been to was a Pink Floyd concert, so I, I didn't really know what to expect. I went to this concert in uh, Hollywood, Florida, on the beach. It was in a hotel on the beach, but and and it started off with this really slow music and I thought, "My goodness, what have I done? I've got to sit through this horrible thing." And then it picked up and the the new the newborn part of me just really hung on every word. And uh I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel the power of God to set us free. I just hung on every word and loved it and obviously learned the songs. And uh, I said, I will never miss anything that these people asked me to go to. And I heard POWs from Vietnam. One of them, uh, I trust the Lord in November. It was uh, March, April, May. The POWs started getting released. One of them was a ranch kid. That's what we called the youth group. And he came and talked about writing in his own blood, uh, verses. I think he said he wrote them on leaves, just not to waste his blood because he'd been beaten and he was bleeding in his solitary confinement cell. And and I'm just and he was making a collections of these and trying to uh, share them with other inmates that they were never they never showered together they never did anything together. But anyway. Um, it was just really amazing to hear this man speak. And, and I had just lost my brother in Vietnam. Uh, if it was in May, it had been a year since I lost my brother in Vietnam. But trusting Christ really changed everything for me. And I know my brother had, you know, if he was seeking, he found Christ. And that's all I can say. And um, I was seeking, and I couldn't have been any more hostile to God than I was. I interrupted the speaker. I you know, asked him my question, how can Jesus be the answer when there's a whole world that doesn't believe in him? And uh, he didn't answer my question very well. And sometimes I kind of spaz out with that question. But my answer is, when I forget my answer, my answer is, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be open unto you. Do a word search. Seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall... I think it's in Luke. It might be in many places. Seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And... Um, I was seeking. I had no idea I was seeking, but I was. And I came home, uh, another awakening, the, the first time was coming home and telling my dad about what I'd just done. And I don't know if he even tried to talk me out of it, it was pretty late at night he might have been tired, but, um, but uh called my best friend late at night and told him. and. Uh, and he's kind of like groggy and going, okay, great, Pete. I'm happy for you. But anyway, uh, then I went to a, I heard a, a singing group. Again, it was singing groups that really spoke to me. I guess that goes back to that um, Colossians, um, which one is it, 3.16. Um, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Uh teaching in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Anyway, I didn't say that one perfectly. But um, yeah, songs, this they, this group sang, and I came home, I, they called the spokesman. And I came home and I saw my dad, because I didn't, We ranch didn't go late, it was a school night, so we usually got out. You know, I'd be home by 10 o'clock or something. And uh, I said, Dad, I don't know what these people got. But I wanted, and I was already saved. I was saved the first night I went. This was like, I don't know, after Christmas I went back and I heard this singing group. And these kids were just all over me. This girl called me and said, okay, we're going to do a car wash to raise money for a camp or something. And you got to go talk to the gas station on uh, US-1. And I'm going like, do I know you? Um, What? Well, you're a guy, so you have to do it. So I was a guy, I was 18 years old, so I said, okay. I went and talked to the gas station guy. He said, yeah, sure, you guys do it here all the time. So I did. One kid wrecked, his, his dad let him drive his station wagon, and he drove it into another car. What a nightmare. We still talk about that. People I haven't seen in 40 years when I do see them. I <laughs> go, remember that? Yeah, I was there, I remember that. That happened just a, a month ago with a friend of mine. I saw it that, where I learned how to do podcasts. Anyway, sorry, I digress. But, um, so, there's John chapter 3, which is just absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, Declarative statement. Here's John the Baptist at at the end of John chapter 3. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that he that hath received his testimony hath set his seal that God is true. For he for whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit, the Holy Spirit by measure unto him. You get all of the Holy Spirit. You don't get twenty five percent of it. You get it all when you, when you trust Christ since the crucifixion, since Pentecost. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things unto his hand. Verse 36 was the one I really wanted to get to. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Jesus took the wrath of God for us. That was the first judgment. The next two judgments, I was talking about this before. I'm glad I got back to it. Um, maybe I always mess up on these judgments. I get, I, I get It's something pretty much new to me Is, is since I studied Hebrews 6.1 and found out eternal judgments are foundational doctrines. I asked an old friend of mine, do you know the five judgments, eternal judgments? He goes, no, I don't. And uh, I rattled them off to him, and I'll rattle them off to you. Uh, Christ's judgment, the only one that's taken place, that determines who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. Those that believe on Him, trust in Him, uh, ex- receive Him, as many as received Him, to them gave you power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. So receiving is, you know, and you can receive Him reluctantly. You can believe a little bit. You can hope a little bit. Oh, I hope, I'm, I hope Jesus is good enough to save me. I hope this parachute's going to get me out the door. It did. Now, you, you know, you forget that part about where you were kind of nervous before you jumped and from then on you looked real tough going out the door. Yeah, let me jump jump out that door. I can't wait. And the crew chief's going, "Why are you jumping out of a perfectly good airplane?" And he step aside, you know, let me go. But anyway, um but um and there I do. I just the five five uh I, I'm I'm messing up on the five judgments. Okay, the first judgment, Christ paid for it 2000 years ago. The second and third might be simultaneous, so we'll just call them 2 and 3. Uh, we'll say that two is the judgment of the Jews during the tribulation. It's the 70th week of Daniel, the seven, 70th seven-week period. You have to study Daniel a little bit to understand it. But you know, in judgments are foundational doctrinal, foundational uh, doctrine of Christ. So uh, Israel being judged for seven years, um, the Holy Spirit's taken out i I argue that they're not going to get the Holy Spirit because they didn't I mean the Holy Spirit comes and goes in the Old Testament since Christ died on a cross and led captivity captive and we're absent in body and present with the Lord, not in the holding area of Abraham's bosom in paradise, sorry, but it's there and uh, read Luke sixteen and uh okay, so we got and then so two was the judgment of the Jews during the tribulation, three is the judgment of the church in. During the, in heaven, during the tribulation, we're taken out. We don't, we're not on earth anymore. Uh, we're, read First and Second Thessalonians about the rapture. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, so shall we ever be with the Lord. So our life is cut short. For me, that that's not a big problem. I've done everything I wanted to do. Now I'm just living to talk to people about the Lord. And, um, anyway, um, So, okay, so I got through Judgment 1, Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. Judgment 2, Jews during a seven-year tribulation, which could start tonight. Um, The rapture could happen right now if it did. I don't know when in that seven-year period we're going to have the marriage feast of the Lamb, uh, the the Bema seat, the reward seat. Uh, These are rewards for good works, by the way, and loss of reward for bad works. The good and bad that we do will be judged. We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So, good works and bad works do have—they are judged, but they're not judged for heaven. Christ took the judgment for us, and the only way you can get there is not by your good works, or the only way you're kept out is not by your bad works. The only sin that that keeps you out out of heaven is the one of not trusting in or on Jesus Christ as your Savior, not receiving Him as your Savior. Uh, John 1.12. So that leaves us two more, four and five. And four is at the end of the seven-year tribulation. So if the tribulation, if the rapture was tonight, seven years from now, you'd have the judgment of the nation, the sheep and the goats. The goats did not help the 144,000. The sheep did and 144,000 just deserved help. I mean, I don't know. Things are different. Israel comes to Christ, and they become fanatics for the Lord, and they don't mind dying. It sounds like they're martyrs. They have the seal of God in their forehead. They're they're on fire, but they're not happy. And just read about it in Revelation. You know, God take vengeance on those upon the earth that did this to us, and uh, that's called the judgment of the nations, and the unbelievers are cast in the lake of fire. For a thousand years, and then uh, the, the 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 sheep live on into the millennium. It's the millennium starts with all believers, and then I guess some of the children don't believe because there's rebellion at the end and the battle of Gog and Magog. And at the end of the thousand year reign of Christ on earth, if you don't believe, you can join the unbelievers from before the millennium at the judgments, the Great White Throne judgment in heaven. So there's two judgments in heaven. And those are uh, number three in my numbering system. The the judgment seat of Christ is in heaven during the tribulation. And then a thousand and seven years later is the great white throne. And how many, how much time this takes? I don't know. Time is determined by uh, the spin of the earth on its axis. And the morning and evening were the first day. And believe it or not, uh, like I said, I love physics. Uh, We have to add a leap second every year and a half, which is not a problem if the Earth is 6,000 years old. It's no big deal. If it's, you know, billions and billions of years old, that's a huge problem. The Earth was really spinning fast billions and billions of years ago. So now we know what happened to the dinosaurs. They all flew off. Anyway, we're adding leap seconds. Uh, it, It means that if it's slowing down, that's why we have to add leap seconds, because it's slowing down, catch it back up, then that means it used to be going faster. And so now we know what happened to the dinosaurs they flew off. That's a Ken Hovind joke. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk, it's a good thing I didn't have anything else to talk about today. Because now I just want to read to you real quick the verses around Titus 3.5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I think that's the whole new birth part. Being born again. Okay, now, uh, Paul is telling Titus in chapter 3 to put the evil beasts in slow bellies. That's what the Grecians are known as. uh, Chapter 1, verse 12 of Titus. Their own people call them evil beasts and slow bellies. So uh, Titus has a real interesting mission field to work with. I'm sure he does an outstanding job as missionaries have done that aren't even recorded in the Bible. With with uh, really uh, evil island people. Sorry, there's just some people that, that have been pretty bad. We studied missionaries to the to the Polynesia, Melanesia, Micronesia, and some of them were eaten. But uh, put, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, governors, uh, presidents, uh, congress, uh, to obey magistrates. To me, that would be like uh, g- uh, mayors who are really in charge of the local police. And be ready to every good work. You know, be ready to obey policemen. Um, speak evil of no man. There you go. You're teaching them to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. And we are, sometimes I think I would be, when it comes to showing gentleness to all men, sometimes I think I would be like the, uh, another Ken Hovind joke, Um, I would be like the, uh, the, 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 what are those, the Quaker, the Quaker, the, the American Quaker, uh, That says, Sir, I would not harm you for the world, but you're standing where I'm about to shoot. But anyway, um, to speak evil of no man, be no brawlers, verse verse 2. But gentle, showing all meekness unto all men, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 3 of Titus. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, yes, disobedient, yes, deceived, yes, served diverse lusts and pleasures, yes, Living in malice and envy, yes. Hateful, yes. Hating one another, yes. But after the kindness and love of God our Savior to man appeared, for God so loved the world that He gave. I'm, I'm switching. That's Titus 3, 4. But I, I don't find a better expression of the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man than John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but everlasting life. But in the context here, let me start in verse 4 again. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared, comma, not, here's our, my memory verse, 3, 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Mercy is is not getting what you deserve. The wages of sin is death. We deserve the second death. We need. We deserve eternal separation from God, in fire and torment. But by God's mercy at the cross, or because of the cross, we have mercy. The kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. Um, but according, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy or grace. I think they're two sides of the same coin. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. He- getting gra- heaven is 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 grace. Getting mercy is not getting what we deserve, which is hell. The wages of sin is death, the second death, which is uh, separation from God. first death is separation from the body. But the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which I think is uh, the new birth, the second birth, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Shed... uh, the Holy Spirit was, was shed on us abundantly. Uh, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Know you not that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? Being justified, just as if I'd never sinned, by Christ our Savior's grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I used to hate the word hope. I never liked the word hope. But now I love it. And I've said this before. It's, it's just like faith. How much faith, you can have all the faith you want in an umbrella and jump out of an airplane and you're going to die. You can have very little faith in a parachute and live. You can have very little faith in Jesus. It's the object of your faith that makes all the difference. And when it comes to faith, Jesus said, you know, if you had faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. Whether that spirit, whatever that means, it's not dependent on how much your faith is in, how much your faith is the quality of your faith, it depends on the object of your faith, according to the hope of eternal life. My hope is in Jesus Christ for eternal life. I will not be disappointed. If your hope is in Jesus Christ for your eternal life, you will not be disappointed. This verse 8, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. My faith is in the God of John 3:16. I'm sorry. I just I I pray to that God, our Father. I like to use the 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 plural we or are. Our Father, we desire to be filled with knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding to walk worthy unto you. The all-pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of you, strengthened with all might according to your glorious power, with patience, long-suffering, joyfulness, giving thanks to you, Father, who hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of saints and light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of your dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. I love to pray in the plural. When hurricanes come, Abba, Father, take this storm from us. Nevertheless, not our will, but yours be done. And if I get it, I get it. If I don't, thank you. I'm not praying it to hit someone else. I'm praying that he'll crush it. I've seen him stop it in in mid-attack. We had one coming in as the most powerful hurricane two years ago in the history of hurricanes. It was the strongest, longest at Cat 5 of anything. And it came up the keys, parked off of a couple of keys for like uh, a day and a half. And then by the time it reached... Naples, a friend of mine lives in Naples. It was nothing. He was building his house and it, and it took a few stacked shingles off his roof or something. It was not a, a terrible storm. I went through a terrible storm. I was. I went through Andrew. I, I. But I always pray in the plural for that. Our Father, I think that's the most important part of that prayer, unless you're one of the 144,000 in your You don't have any food during a tribulation, and you're praying for Thy Kingdom come. I don't pray for God's Kingdom to come. I don't. I pray for opportunities to share my faith, just like Paul asked for in Ephesians six. Yesterday, I talked about that. He said, you know, pray for me that I will speak boldly as I ought to speak. He didn't say pray for the whole, you know, for the for Thy Kingdom to come. That's a prayer for the for the hundred forty-four thousand. Jesus was all about the Jews because that was. If they would have received him as king, if the if the hierarchy would have received him, if the nation would have received him, then we could have skipped the church age. I asked a I told you this before. I asked a a, a, a Dallas grad what 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 would have happened if if the Jews would have received him, and he said, Well, Pentecost taught that, and that's a big name in the twentieth century Bible scholars, especially the end times. Dwight Pentecost said, taught that, that the Romans would have killed him because he would have been a threat to Caesar. Somebody would have, well, the Romans did kill him, but they killed him for the Jews. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They killed him for us. Okay. Um, I want to finish this. Being justified by his grace, we should be heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying that these things are affirmed constantly that they which have believed in God, might be careful to maintain good works. We're, Do we're, you see how we're, good works are? We're, we're all about good works. After we're saved. But even after we're saved, we're zero trusting in our good works. We're doing good works. Why? Because these are good and profitable unto men. You know, people listen to you if you are a decent person, maybe. If you're a scoundrel, they probably won't listen to you. I gave a guy a dollar today just so he'll listen to me. And then he started, you know, preaching to me. And I said, look, if, you're getting, you know, if, you, if that's what you believe. And he goes, no, I believe what you believe. You know, I, I didn't want to, you know, I only had the time the light was green, but it, uh, red, and it had it been there quite a while. But anyway, I see him on my way to physical therapy, which I think I have two more sessions, so probably won't see that guy very often. But I, I, I like to have dollars ready to hand out to people like that. Uh, cause it's a free gift, but uh not quite as valuable as eternal life, but this is a faithful saying, and these that affirm constantly titus confirm this with your church members on the island of Crete, these evil beasts and slow bellies that you know who knows what they were like, but that they may that they have believed in God, that they which have believed in God, the ones that have believed in God. For salvation. Might be careful to maintain good works. These are good and profitable unto men. But avoid foolish questions. I still argue that if a tree falls in a forest. And it doesn't make a sound. Uh, if there's nobody there to hear it. It makes, it makes sound waves. Or vibrations we call sound waves. But radio waves are all around us. And they don't make a sound. They don't make a sound unless there's a receiver. So I'm just telling you for nerds. That's not a stupid question. Avoid foolish questions. I, you know, Can God make a rock so big he can't pick it up? Here's my answer to that. Another Ken Hovind answer. Um, I know he can make a rock so big you can't pick it up. But, and I move on because it's just a dumb question. Um, I, in fact, I came up with one when I was a little kid. I, I came up with this one. I learned about minnow traps, which are like, like a five-gallon jug, but it has a cone on the end. And we, we fished on the big piney in Missouri, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and we uh we would catch minnows in a minnow trap. It was a glass bottle, as I recall. But minnows could f- go in the cone but not come out. They couldn't find the way out. The cone kind of drove them into the trap and we had a, you know, quite a few minnows to fish with. And I thought that was so cool. So so I came up with this my little uh 10 11 brain came up with, can God make a minnow trap that that he can fit in or something like that, some stupid thing that could catch him or just, it's a stupid, you know, if you want to ask, there are stupid questions. Avoid foolish questions. You know, in the army they used to say the only foolish question, when they were teaching us, you know, how to fire a light anti-tank weapon or throw hand grenades or disarm, per Uh, anti-personnel minds, they would say, the only question that's foolish is the one you don't ask. The only stupid question is the one you don't ask. Trust me, I taught junior high for many years, and high school for that matter. There are foolish and stupid questions. But, uh, But avoid foolish questions and genealogies, contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. So just hold your peace on those things, Titus, when they want to ask stupid questions or people... If a man be a heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. So if you have one, of the, you lead, Titus, you lead one of these to Christ, and then they want to just harp on stupid things, stupid teachings. And if, if, if he's teaching something that's heretical against one of the principles of, uh, you know, the doctrine of Christ, don't waste time with them. They're already saved. If one of your flock is a heretic... After the first and second admonition, reject. This is not a lost person. A heretic is someone who's left the faith. It's teaching something that's not true. You've got to belong to the church before you can be a heretic to that church. And you'd have to be a believer to be a heretic in the New Testament here on the island of Crete. Uh, Titus 3.10 A man is a heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. Uh, titus three eleven knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself, but again the condemnation christ is there is no condemnation for a believer romans there's no condemnation Romans eight chapter verse one there's no separation last verse in Romans eight, so there is no condemnation, but there is condemnation in a judgment of of works there's there's condemnation in the judgment seat of Christ for the good for the for the bad that we do or the good that we didn't do uh, there's loss of reward that's the condemnation come your know, your works are burned but you're saved yet so as by fire and there's the 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 condemnation of of hell it sounds like there's you know degrees of hell better it would be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you o corzan for you know your lack of faith so it does sound like there's degrees of punishment in hell and there's degrees of reward in heaven. And, you know, this whole thing about crowns and we cast them all back. Um, I, I've heard a pretty good study on that um, done by the, uh, I forgot uh, the name of the group. But, but um, anyway, um, I'm trying to think of it. But, uh, but it, it, we take them off in the presence of the Lord in the Old Testament. The king, you, if you were a king, if you wore a crown and you went into, uh, into a bigger, greater king, you would take the crown when you were off. Into Maybe when you're ruling your ten cities, you would wear, put your crown back on. It was in your presence that you took it off. But I, I, and the reason that's near and dear to me is I, I talked to a kid one time and uh, he was just acting up in class, in the senior math class, and I, I said to him, "How long have you been going to this school?" He said, "Since K3." And I said, "So let me ask you this: are you, When you die, are you going to heaven?" Oh, yeah, I've trusted Christ my Savior. I know, I know where I'm going. Yeah, Christ died and paid for my I said, don't you, don't you care about rewards? And he goes, they're just crowns and we give them back. Well, I don't, I think they're, well, how about ruling 10 cities? You give that back? Not that I particularly want to rule 10 cities. I've already said that. But uh, God knows, you know, when Saul was, chosen to be the king of Israel by God, um, he was hiding initially. He was good for a little while. And he got messed up. Well, I'm glad I didn't have anything to talk about from the last lesson because I sure took a lot of time on this one. But that's the way it goes. Let me uh, say adios, which means to God. And Dios, which means go with God.